1: With host of Fox News at Night, Shannon Bream. This week on Live in the Bream, I am so excited and honored to have a couple of women. I'm sure many of you will know, but their first project together, we are blessed to have with us Ann Graham Lotz, Rachel Ruth Lotz writes, and they've got a brand new book called Jesus Followers. Ladies, Welcome. Thank, Thank you, you so much.
2: We're just looking forward to talking with you, Shannon. Thank you.
1: Well, you guys sort of do it all. I love that you want to describe yourself as Jesus followers. Really, what better title is there for any of us? Um, but your Bible teachers, authors, speakers, this is the first book you've done together. And it's all about sharing this legacy of Christ, of faith. And I got to tell you guys, um, you know, I do the news and I read the polls about how younger generations are slipping away from church, from faith. Um, was that part of writing this book? book um, part of the motivation or do you have a concern on that front?
2: Huge concern for for me because I can see the same numbers and I feel like we're losing that next generation. And as the world melts down, Shannon, if we don't give them a strong foundation of faith, they're not going to make it. You know, it's just going to get worse and worse. Rachel Ruth um, had the vision and the heart for this book. I think I've I have a heart for whoever God puts in front of me, old, young, American, African, Russian, men, women, children, doesn't matter so much. But but Rachel has a very unique burden for this next generation. And um, so Rachel, you want to just tell Shannon about it?
0: yeah, I just kind of what you were saying. I, I feel like I've seen with my three girls as they've been growing up just some of their friends, their parents, and and I could see that it wasn't being passed down. The ones that I knew of that were believers, these parents. I felt like it wasn't being passed down to the this next generation and these kids they may go to church or go to a Christian school, but there was no personal relationship with Jesus. and um, it didn't it wasn't evident in the way they were living and it broke my heart. and so I just thought, you know, maybe the parents didn't have an example in their home when they were growing up. Maybe their parents or grandparents weren't believers, and so they don't know what that looks like. And by God's grace, He placed me, us, in this family with believers as to both sets of grandparents and parents. And so I thought, well, I'll just write stories to show them what it looked like in our house growing up, and, um, and maybe they can
1: use that as kind of an example of what they can do in their own homes. And your family does have such a legacy that I don't think it's overstating it to say it's impacting millions of people all over the globe. You all have such a heart for this, and it's really kind of in your bones, I guess. Um, really, this faith and the and the need to share it and the and the concern to make sure that it continues on. Um, I grew up in a Christian family, but I remember and I was in Christian school, I was in church, but I remember there came a point for me when I realized. Oh, okay. It's, it's a huge blessing to me that I'm in this community and born into this family and surrounded by these things, but it does have to be personal and you have to make your own choice of faith to follow, to trust, um, to have that relationship, Rachel Ruth, as you said, Mm -hmm. do you think that's kind of where we're losing the connection? As you said, some people even go to church and maybe it's more of a cultural thing for them, but at some point it does have to go that next step.
0: I think that's exactly right, and um, and I feel like maybe parents don't exactly know how to to lead their kids to Christ and. And it's something when my girls were born in the hospital, I was wanting to share the gospel with them, you know, in my arms, <laughs> little babies, and and talked about it every day, and told them what Jesus did on the cross when he he went through so much pain and suffering for us, so that he could take our sins and, in a sense, throw them in the trash, you know, mm-hmm. just get rid of them. And that's what I would tell the girls. And all three of my girls prayed to receive Christ right before they were three. And oh my they goodness, stood to their level. They understood, mm-hmm. okay, I have done bad things, you know, and and um, and I want Jesus to take them away, you know, and so they understood, and, and now they understand so much more, but the Holy Spirit came inside of them at that time, and and I could see a difference. I mean, I, they were more obedient and more aware of when they did something wrong, and so, um, so at a young age, these kids can come to Christ, but I know that's not happening in a lot of homes, and so I think parents need to, who are believers, need to be, Um, mindful to share with their kids and ask them, you know, tell them about what Jesus did on the cross, tell them how Jesus changed their own lives and then um, ask their kids if they want to have that faith in Jesus too. And, um, and, and be vocal about that.
2: Because I think too many parents, Shannon, they, they leave it to the church Mm -hmm. or the Christian Mm -hmm. school and, and, and they don't do it themselves. And yes, churches and Christian schools can, play that role, but but it's as parents, it's our privilege, you know, mm-hmm. as well as a responsibility. And I think Rachel was talking about her children receiving Christ before they were three. So many, many, many people would say they, they're not old enough to understand. Mm-hmm. They can't do that. But yes, they can. And and those girls are um, you know, exhibit A of that. I I was seven or eight. I can't remember the year, but I remember it was on a good Friday. I'd watched a picture um, on t- TV about the cross. And I knew that Jesus died, that it was because of my, the wrong things I'd done. I knew it was my fault that he was crucified. And I got down on my knees in my bedroom up at my mother and father's house and um, and told God I was sorry for all those wrong things. I asked him to forgive me. I put my trust in Jesus as my savior and invited him to come into my heart as my Lord. I didn't understand uh, all the details and you know actually Shannon uh, who of us understands all of it mm-hmm. anyways we we won't understand salvation until we get to heaven but i understood enough as a little girl to put my faith in jesus and and i believe um on that day i was born again into god's family because he doesn't have any grandchildren you know just <laughs> children we have to make our own decision and so i did that rachel ruth did that when she was 5 and and so parents If you miss that opportunity when they're small in the home, it may be very hard to get that opportunity back as they grow older. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, and you make such a good point um, that there are no grandkids. This is something that we all have to make this decision. And yes, I feel like the three of us would say we're still growing in our faith every day. I'm learning new things. Um, you have different periods of um, growing in certain, um, you know, understanding of aspects and characteristics of God and how they show up in your own life, uh, how you see evidence of them. And so, yeah, I think, gosh, I've got a long way to go. <laughs> There's a lot I won't know uh, until the other side. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I I do believe that young people and young children can have an understanding of making a commitment and then we continue to grow in that relationship and in that faith. Um, I look around now and I see so many young people who are really struggling, who are searching, um, who are trying to find meaning and purpose in life. Uh, I think they have good hearts. Many of them, they want to make uh, a positive impact on the world. They want to help people. They see hurting. They're really searching. But for many of them, um, I don't think that they see faith as the opportunity to do those things, Um, how can that be better communicated to them that there is hope there and it maybe is the purpose they're looking for? You know, Shannon, I think um, what they
2: need to see is an authentic example of vibrant faith, the reality of somebody's uh, personal relationship with Jesus that's not put on and it's not something that's paraded for public view and then, you know, disappears when you're in private. But it's it's an authentic, 24-7, vibrant uh, love relationship with Jesus Christ. And I think the best times for for anybody to see that in a person's life really is when we go through hard things. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, you know, Peter says in his letter in the new Testament, don't be surprised at the fiery trials that come into your life. They, they come into our lives so that the glory of Jesus would be revealed. And the glory mm-hmm. is his character revealed in our lives. And and people, if everything's going well in our lives and we're healthy and wealthy and have no problems, nobody cares. You know, it's mm-hmm. when you're diagnosed with cancer, it's when your spouse um, you know, suddenly goes to heaven, it's when you you have all sorts of um, obstacles and difficulties, and then people want to watch and see how you handle that. And if they see that you maintain your joy, your peace, your love for Jesus, um, your faith is vibrant and strong, then I think that's when they say, she's got something that I really want. And I think Ray right Truth has done a fabulous job in this book of, of writing stories from our family that describe um, authentic faith in action. And and can I just say this, Shannon, I know you know this, but our family's not perfect. You know, mm-hmm. there are a lot of flaws and we've made a lot of mistakes and all that, but but we're for real and we're on that journey that you just described. You know, we're, we're um, intentional about living our own lives for Jesus as well as passing that truth on to the next generation mm-hmm. so they will know the truth and they'll put their faith in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you um, know, in the Bible, it says that uh, the Bible is written for our inspiration, our exhortation. So Abraham can be our father and, um, you know, David can be our brother and Peter can be like our uncle. And, and so we were invited into the family of God. And so in this book, we wanted to invite people into our family so that the heritage that God, by his grace, has given us, in a sense, can be theirs. Mm-hmm. And they can see these examples and understand something of what it's like to to live in a family or um, to live individually uh, Mm -hmm. as a person who has authentic faith in Jesus Christ.
1: Mm -hmm. And I have to say, you have modeled that grace and that faith under incredibly difficult curveballs that have come into your life. And, uh, you know, for a lot of people, that's a a choice they make at that point, whether to be angry at God or to embrace him and know there's um, purpose in pain and um, that it will give us empathy. It will give us um, a way to relate to other people. Mm -hmm. Um, So thank you for that. Mm -hmm. And you talk about the fact that, yeah, all of our families are flawed. We are all flawed. We are sinners saved by grace. Um, And I love that the Bible is full of that. These families are a mess. Some of them like really messed up (laughs) and some of the people, the individuals too. But I love that we can see God's hand in working through all of that, that he uses it. And he can, if we're willing, use it for his purposes and for his glory. We'll have more of this interview coming up. Yes. So you all have done that too, with your transparency and with your stories uh, in this book, it's called Jesus followers again, and Graham lots and Rachel Ruth lots right uh, have written this together. Um, Rachel Ruth, tell us how you put together or chose some of these stories, mm-hmm. or decided to give us some of that transparency honestly i would get up
0: i actually wrote it during the quarantine when everybody was stuck at home and <laughs> and i would get up in the mornings and just pray and say lord what what story do you want me to write just bring it to my mind and he so faithfully every morning did that and and so then i would just write what i remembered and um and i felt like the lord it was so neat to see what he would bring to my mind and what he was wanting i feel like it's it's his message. You know, it's like his, what he wanted to bring out of our family. And, and there are things in it about how tough marriage can be. And my grandmother wasn't bitter. You know, my grandfather was gone all the time and she wasn't bitter even when he was older and came back home more often, she just loved him and accepted him and and wasn't angry at him. And I saw my, also my grandmother, my mom, my sister going through physical pain difficulties and, having joy when it doesn't even make sense, when you want to be mad and why am I sick and why don't I in pain? And and so just some of these things are, are my mom's boldness when she's not afraid to share the gospel with the president of Pakistan,
1: you know, on the airplane. <laughs> on the airplane we'll we be on. the opportunity. You don't want to miss it, right? <laughs> when God puts you with know, people that...
2: Me is, why am I on that airplane? You yeah. know, why, why did God put me two rows
1: behind the president of Pakistan? Yeah, so <laughs> had to so, be the gospel. But... Yeah, but just... <laughs> It means and you and you mentioned that I, I've heard the word, and this is what I was thinking about with your book before I started chatting with you guys. And you've mentioned the word now of intentionality. So, how do moms, dads, grandmas, aunts, uncles, how are we intentional then about planting these seeds and encouraging faith in the next generation? You know, Shannon, in
2: the introduction to the book, I used an example of a four by one hundred meter relay race. You know, that has I don't know how many teams, but each team has four runners. And the first runner grasps the baton, he runs as fast as he can, he stretches out his hand, he hands it to the second runner who's already in motion, he takes off, he runs his lap, and they do that for four laps. And uh, the team that wins is the one that runs the fastest, but one that also passes that baton the smoothest. And uh, so I see this faith pass from generation to generation, like, Passing that baton, but it's the baton of truth to the next generation. I use as an example Genesis 5, which was a genealogy um, of 10 men actually who passed truth to the next generation effectively until it came to the last one, Noah, that was living in a world that was so wicked it provoked the judgment of God in the flood. And Noah was one man who passed the truth and his results. His family was saved, the human race was saved. And so we have to be intentional. Number one, grasping the baton for ourselves. We have to embrace the truth by just what we've just been talking about, putting our faith in Jesus as our Savior and Lord and making sure that we have that vibrant, authentic relationship with Him. And then number two, I think we have to run our race. You know, the the New Testament tells us to run it, uh, throw off the things that hinder us. We just give ourselves with abandon to the Lord, to His will, to His direction, His purpose, and, and that requires every day spending time with Him in prayer, every day spending time with Him reading our Bibles, every day just applying what His Word says and living it out in obedience, looking for ways to serve Him, and and then looking for uh, ways to pass on that baton to somebody else. But I, I think one of the ways we've found that one of the most effective ways of passing that baton of truth to the next generation is just to live it out. You know, we, we need to be verbal and we need to know how to give reason for the hope that's within us. But we also need to show them by our example that we live out what we believe we, um, you know, we're walking what we talk <laughs> And and that they can see that. And uh, hopefully it would provoke um, questions and that they would want to have what we have because they see that it works.
1: Mm -hmm. And often I know that parents, uh, it's got to be hard uh, to say, I made a mistake here. Um, I, you know, lashed out. Um, I made the wrong decision. Um, I led you the wrong way with this. I mean, talk about Just the, also the vulnerability, nobody's going to know you better than your family. We live together day in and day out, but when you do mess up, how do you address that?
0: I, I feel strongly about this because I, I think it's so important for us to be real with our kids and not be fake and everything. And so when I do make a mistake like that, I have always gone to my girls and just said it. You know, I am so sorry. I just lost my temper. I'm so sorry. I didn't encourage you in this situation, or I'm just honest with them, and um, and then I try and correct that. You know, do a better job at whatever that was that I messed up on, and and then it just shows my girls. Okay, mom's not trying to be perfect. She's she fails at stuff as well, but. Um, but then she's trying to be better, and so I think it's important to show our kids that it's okay to be a failure, you know. But but as long as we're striving to um, please the Lord, to glorify the Lord, to be honest with each other and with the Lord that we're sinners and we mess up sometimes. But um, but the main thing is we want to do our very best to try and glorify the Lord in our home, and it is where everybody sees what's exactly going on and. And um, and so we need to be careful to set uh, that godly example for our kids, but also know we're going to make mistakes. And, you know, somebody asked me yesterday, Shannon, did I have any regrets as a
2: parent? And I have so many regrets. (laughs) And I think every parent does. But but I don't want to live in the past. You know, that was then. This is now. And failure doesn't have to be final. In I remember um, great old Bible teachers saying that all God ever expects of you is in yourself is failure, you know, but he's given you the Holy Spirit that you need never fail. And so it's just learning how to walk in the spirit, but letting our children and our grandchildren see um, the reality of our walk, that yes, we stumble and sometimes we fall, but we get back up and we're going to keep on going. We, we want to be Jesus followers until the day we see him face to
1: face. That is the name of the book that we're talking about with Anne Graham Lotz and Rachel Ruth Lotz Wright, Jesus Followers, Real Life Lessons for Igniting Faith in the Next Generation. So Anne, I know for you, this is a 20th book. And listen, I I think, I I don't know if I have all 20, but I've got a lot of them stacked up on my bookcase. And I just love um, the testimony of faith. It's been so consistent and encouraging um, to all of us who pick up these books. But the first one you guys have done together. So how was the process different? How did you come together? And do this um, in a collaboration. You know, it was
2: I, it was a blessing. It was a challenge because we have different work um, styles. Because she's got three children, and she's got she's teaching an online Bible study with um, thousands of women from around the world in it. So she's got a, a schedule that's very tight. And um, so I wrote that introduction from Genesis five, and then I took four men from Genesis five. I took one, uh, the first one was um, Seth and Enosh, who, excuse me, for, was Abel, who witnessed mm-hmm. by the way he uh, sacrificed to God and, and approached God acceptably. And then Enosh and Seth, who worshiped people in their generation, began to call on the name of the Lord. Then Enoch, who walked with God, and then Noah, who worked with God. And so so I took those four men and divided the book into four parts. And so, uh, and then each part I introduced by describing that man who had set that example, and, um, and then wrote uh, an appendix, um, just how we can, and this is a sweetest thing. I think if people don't read all the material in a book, they're going to miss some blessings. But in the appendix, there's a wonderful story. And I can't remember right now the Olympics, but um, it was the runner who in the tryouts was, um, or in the semifinals had, had done so well. But in the semifinals, he was running and he was running really well. And he pulled his hamstring. I don't know mm, if you remember, and he collapsed I on do. the track. And yeah. then when he got up, and, and then this man came running out of the stands to help him. And the, instead of the runner collapsing on the field, he just, he kept hobbling towards the finish line. And the security kept trying to brush the man aside. It turned out that it was the man's father. Yes. And the father helped his son across the finish line. And so I use that as an example at the end of the book that, that we want to run our race the best we can we want to be intentional about passing this truth on to the next generation but sometimes we stumble sometimes we pull a hamstring but our heavenly father is right there to put his arm around us to help us over the finish line Mm -hmm. and so I, I sort of did the framework for the book and then I gave that to Rachel Ruth and then she she wrote her stories and then we took the stories and and it was interesting because they fit into that pattern so she has seven stories for each one of those four parts um, that sort of give illustrations for what we're trying to impart in that um, worship, walk, witness, and work. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I, I did the framework in the beginning and the ending, and she did, um, you know, the, the main body of it, which are these stories. She's a, f- a fabulously gifted storyteller. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I love that illustration um, that we've all remember that moment where the the man fell, and it's her, his, his father rushing to there to get him across that finish line. Such a beautiful, beautiful picture and illustration for us to understand. Um, and again, if you have a family, uh, whether you, um, your grandparents, whatever the legacies of faith are there, do not let it die out with the next generation. This is a beautiful book talking about the realities of living that out. Uh, again, it's called Jesus Followers by Anne Graham Lotz and Rachel Ruth Lotts Wright. It is out now. You will be very encouraged by it. And um, frankly, I think it, it's something that uh, people will appreciate, appreciate having just um, practical real world advice about making sure that their children have this opportunity to have the joy in following in the faith and then take it to the next generation beyond that thank you both for writing this book and putting it into the world oh thank, thank you, you. Shannon. god bless mm. you
2: we've just enjoyed writing it and enjoy talking about it
1: mm. well god bless you too it's out now uh thank you guys for being with us on Living the bream hope to see you again soon thank, thank you, you.